Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 101 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fuzzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are... I'm Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Adel of Ice. I'm Colin Ford, otherwise known as Commander Phoenix to Fire. And I'm Grant Wilcott, otherwise known as the Pain in the Bomb Commander Psycho Co. <laughs> nice. Colin, I loved the pause there before you announced who you were, as if you weren't entirely sure. You all right, mate? To be honest, I'm not really sure who I am at the moment. Don't worry, <laughs> normal service will be resumed just as I wonder out, work out what exactly is normal anyway. Okay, that sounds fair enough. Well, I mean, to be fair, we're all slightly multitasking this evening. We are trying to do a community goal at the same time as podcasting, and it's just taken me oh, probably about five minutes to figure out which way around I'm supposed to be landing on this pad at Chalker's Landing. So um, if you wish, you can join us live. We are doing a complete uh, debacle of landing at Chalker's Landing. We're doing the community goal, um, collecting crystals from Chalker's Landing in the Sharebone system and taking them off to Lave Station to help us rebuild Galactic Relay in the Dizzo system. Uh, if you want to, you can also join us in the IRC chat channel. That's at Lave Radio and QuakeNet, which you can access easily through the Lave Radio page, uh, Lave Radio forward slash live. And you can also find us in the Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv forward slash Lave Radio. Okay, we're going to have a slightly different introduction section this week because it is obviously the <laughs> the 101 episode, episode 101, and obviously we know about um, Room 101. So this week we're going to find out what the hosts would really like to put in Room 101, starting with Mr. Wolcott. Yeah, well, this is something that will be uh, familiar to a lot of people. That that speeding limit that you have as you're exiting the, the station, you know, that, that wonderful speeding limit that you introduced. And it was great because it stopped the big T9... Well, it stopped a lot of fun. It stopped T9 squishing sidewinders into the toast track. However... It's led to something that I would love to see deleted from the game. And in fact, I think, you know, there's no argument at all for us. I think everybody will agree with me. This is a a guaranteed shoe-in for 101. Absolutely definite. And that is, when you're rammed by a system authority vehicle that's scanning you (laughs) for crimes, and they hit you, and then they fine you for it. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's the worst kind of... Police abuse of power I have ever seen and deserves to be deleted from the game and then shoved up some developer's backside just because it's their fault. <laughs> okay, so the speeding limit in the, the docking bay and also police misusing the new speed limit to uh, get you to have additional fines. Is that what we're saying? Not the speed limit. The speed limit is fine. Otherwise, I'll go back to my old habits of squishing NPCs in the side of the docking slot, which is, although it's fun, I, I agree that that's a sensible thing to have in-game. But no, the cops being able to find me when they ram into me, that's what should be stopped. Okay. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's a perfectly fine mechanic. I think that the cops are actually working on a bonus in a bonus scheme. The more fines <laughs> they get, the better they get paid. So you're saying that they're kind of like parking parking meter wardens. 
but with no, bigger guns. That doesn't suggest that a parking meter warden jumps in your car, reverses it onto the double yellow lines, and then tickets you for being on the double yellow lines. That's <laughs> what was happening here. They're ramming you and fining you. They don't even pay you for the damage that they cause. No, 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 no. And I fly with no shields, so it's upsetting. <laughs> Have you not seen any parking wardens and minis? They bounce them onto the double yellow lines. <laughs> Okay, so we'll take overzealous uh, police enforcement <laughs> officers. Uh, Colin, what have you got for us? Well, I've, I've got a, a little bit of a bugbear that I've had for since Alpha, really. Um, you know when you're in the nav beacon and you spot a wanted ship, so you go after it, and you hit its cargo hatch and out comes tons and tons of, of uh, lovely booty that you'd like to be able to scoop. You can't because it is marked as illegal salvage, even though the person who was doing uh, the dropping the cargo is wanted. And that, to me, just feels wrong. If he is wanted, that means his cargo should be up for grabs after, it's, after the ship is gone. And it's not, well, it's kind of bounty hunting piracy, if you see what I mean. But I, I still feel that, hang on, you've broken the law, your cargo, when it ejects, who's got, that should be legal salvage. Okay, no, I think it's a fair point. Ben? What's your final uh, point to maybe go and read 101? Well, see, I think all these things, they're all stuff that Frontier know about. You know, for Room 101, we really need to take something which Frontier maybe acknowledge, maybe it's by design, and it's not something they say, you know, we're going to fix that, whatever. So what I want to put in Room 101 are the complete and utter dicks of the player base. Okay, you want to explain um, that a little bit further? I would very happily put, explain that a little bit further. I think, you know, I really, I really, really dislike the selfish players, the ones who only think about themselves. They don't care what anyone else is wanting to do so long as they have fun. You know, I accept they're allowed to have fun, but don't do it on my time. Okay, so you're basically talking about player-based griefing. Basically, that does sound okay. a, a little bit like you know your typical you know internet granddad moaning about his slippers <laughs> being a bit too cool. There, really? you can do when, it on your time. Time. That's fair enough. Oh dear, he's been griefed in the last forty-eight hours, hasn't he? I've not. I, st- I told Foster about this over a week ago. Well, maybe it's not, lasted but... a week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> building for a week. This one. <laughs> oh dear okay so let's just uh, let's just sort of back up here so grant we've got system authority ships ramming you at stations and fining you for it uh colin we've got wanted ships dropping cargo that you can't scoop because it's marked as illegal and ben you've got people who only care about themselves and don't give a monkeys about their pl- about your playstyle or about the fact that their playstyle can adversely affect your game basically player killing dicks otherwise known as griefing so we've got griefing we've got uh unscoopable cargo and we've got overzealous system authority ships hmm. actually actually griefers have got their own room already <laughs> really yeah the ghosting instance you know the shame <laughs> shame instance that they all go to but do they though i mean this is a, a larger topic and one that keeps on getting raised but have we actually seen any evidence of that sort of uh, you know that, that phantom zone that all these griefers are supposed to uh, are supposed to be going to the shadow ban in the shadow it sounds, it sounds like a new DC series, doesn't it? <laughs> I quite like it being the Phantom Zone. Baddies. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm going to a little a mull over it here. I think I'm going to go for... 
I think, I mean, Grant, you know, the system authority ships, it's a good point, you know, but I do think it adds an extra element of game into the uh, Elite Dangerous universe of seeing that ship coming towards you and knowing full well you've got to jam your ship into reverse and move away from it. The same way that you have to do with parking attendants, you know, reversing down the street so they can't put that ticket on your windscreen so therefore can't find you. So I think that's a little bit of fun that uh, Frontier are having with you. So I'm going to, afraid, I'm going to say no to the system authority ships going into room 101 uh, <laughs> and Ben I'm afraid uh, griefing has literally been like a broken record on this show and on the forums and everything over the last month or so and I'm so sick of hearing about it uh, I can't possibly put it into room 101 I'm afraid so that means that uh, room 101 is going to be Colin and the wanted ships dropping cargo you can't scoop because I'm absolutely with you on that I've never made it's never made any sense whatsoever that you know if a pirate is trying to kill you and you end up sort of being the the victor and vanquishing your foe then you get fined for stealing his cargo this is yeah, he, clearly it, a fix it's clearly your <laughs> scottish slanty just yeah side with the scotsman <laughs> Yeah, because that's obviously the case, because I'm not outnumbered on this podcast at all this week. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. What even if you couldn't just sort of go and hand in that cargo and maybe not get the same amount of value for it, maybe get half the value and say, look, you know, this guy attacked me. He's got some stolen cargo. Here I am returning it. Give me my, you know, finder's reward or anything. But no, what do they do? They slap a massive great big fine on you. Uh, so I think that, for more than anything else, for the annoyance factor of that and the fact it just doesn't make any goddamn sense, uh, that one, wanted chip dropping cargo you can't scoop, goes into room 101 this week. Yay! Excellent. And <laughs> <laughs> with that, what we'll do is we will go to a quick advert and then we're going to sort out our ships in the open uh, arena and try and get some crystals on board. And then we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the latest development news. I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for 10 whole minutes while the Medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Sol and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps. Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Cowell and McGrath, taking on any case, playing the percentages. Okay, um, so just quickly picking up through newsletter. I think you're going to get drink fodder. I'm going to get a drink. I'm just going to queue it all up for you. Um, but yeah, so just going quickly through uh, newsletter 114, just a few of the hot topics that we've picked out. In fact, I'm going to let Ben pick out the hot topics for you whilst I go and quickly grab a drink. 
You go get that drink. I was all ready to come right in, but no. Right, well, anyway, with Newsletter 114, we had a bunch of things, as ever mentioned, but the first up was the... Uh, they've reintroduced the, pick, the peak of the week, not the pick of the week, with the Galaxy Map bookmarks. So, basically, when we eventually get 2.1, and we'll be covering the eventually later, but when we eventually get it, we're going to be getting some bookmarks in there which allow us to go off and say, this is where I managed to get my blood crystals from, and it's an awesome thing, and we can plot routes to it and we can it looks it looks fairly basic to be honest it looks about what you'd expect from a bookmark you can rename it you can and you can jump to it and it's a bookmark that sounds about what we want really isn't it does anyone else right Uh, it'll save on sidewinders (laughs) it'll save on sidewinders that's always a good thing but you know could this be a mark a decrease a decrease in the sale of the trusty sidewinder well, no. it's obviously going to. <laughs> it affects sales, isn't it? Um, you know what? It's still not quite what we'd love to see, is it? It's just, you know, bookmarks are really, really handy, and it's nice to sort of stick a big pin in the map and say, right, that's where I found that awesome thing on that planet there. So it's really good to be able to do that. However, would we not still prefer to have a commander's log that you could go to and it says where you were and what you did there and then you just click on the link and it takes you back to that in the star map and so on and so forth. Would that not be the sort of next progression for this, which would be what we really want? We really want that kind of, here's my commander's story, here's where I crashed, you know? It's all documented in that beautiful little commander's log. Well, yeah, we don't like that, but they've just put bookmarks in. And as far as I'm concerned, that's that's a, a small step in the right direction. Yeah, we'd all like that, but I, I think they're, as we shall come on to at a later point, I think they're a bit busy with other things. To be honest, we've already got that in some respects with the Elite Dangerous Star Map grant, which is on www.edsm.net. You know, you can go off and link that and... You know, I can go onto my account and I can see that I've had over 3,216 logs in the past few Jeez, weeks, actually. Your backside must hurt. <laughs> Not from oh, flying. Oh, dear. Sorry, this isn't Dockers, is it? No, no, we're, we're yeah, it's coming we, soon. We, we, we can on. see all these things. Yeah, we can see all these things already. Is there a market for... Something should Frontier put in other tools to the job that's already taken place, or have they got as Colin said, have they got enough other things to be getting on with? Well, yeah, it'd be nice though to have the, that kind of thing in game. We, we we all know that because the last thing that uh, you want really is to is to go to an external tool when you're inside the game. Uh, I hate to mention the the I word here, but. Um, well, it would be nice to have these kind of things uh, at your fingertips in the HUD. You didn't and mention I'm going to have to do the loop of the I word. You didn't mention the I word. You didn't. You were going to. Well, okay, maybe you were alluding to the I word. Of course, I was uh, alluding to the I word. We know that when when 
we mentioned the I word. I'm sure a developer dies. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think bookmarks are important, and one of the things that would be very very handy because you know, for the quick point of view, if you're doing a, a, a missions run or something, to go, well, actually, that was a really good trade route. I'm going to stick a big bookmark in it just now with a wee note next to it, so that I know what that bookmark's about. But you know, after six months, when you've got 750 bookmarks, to become redundant. But one of the important things I hope they can include is the ability to share that bookmark with somebody in game. You know whether or not oh, you're you, asking. whether or not you wing up with that commander, and then in the galactic map when you go to the bookmark, you've got an option to share to wing, and it'll appear on theirs as a sort of purple um, bookmark that they can then accept or not. That would be a very handy feature in order to pass locations to people. <laughs> No, I totally agree there. I mean, be, I'd love to see that. I'd love to be able to share things. Anyway, moving on from the ga- Galaxy bookmarks that we're getting, uh, we know that 2.1's been delayed, but we're going to be covering that a little bit later on. Next, that caught my eye was a bit of a controversial thing in that uh, there's the... Uh, well, the... U- yeah, how the heck do we pronounce this? EUCL3D, Euclid maybe? Uh, doing full color 3D printed sandstone models of some of the of some of the elite dangerous ships for prices starting from twenty nine ninety nine and Frontier are advertising that now I'm not fully convinced about this because ain't Frontier meant to be go- doing a oh some kind of printed ship as one of the backer rewards. Yeah, I do believe they are, and I do believe they still haven't sent them out yet. Uh, I don't know what the latest is on that, but certainly uh, when I was speaking to some people in the chat room and stuff, when this uh, popped up in the newsletter, there was a few people that were still waiting for their 3D models, uh, which hadn't received them. And it's just like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit cheeky, Frontier, to be to be advertising these and then um, <laughs> and then not actually fulfilling your your Kickstarter pledges. I mean. Is this company good enough to sort of honour those Kickstarter pledges? Because from memory, those Kickstarter 3D models were were bloody gorgeous, but they were like, were they pewter or they, you know, they were premium 3D models, were they not? They were, but they were also almost 10 times the price at this site, so showing them at, so um, I think... If you if you were waiting for your backers <laughs> reward and you receive it and then you find it on a website for $29.99, um you would be very disgruntled. But if they paint it in gold and smear it in the sweat of Braben, uh, I think possibly you might just alleviate that. Okay, so I mean, um, just looking through the uh, the chat channel, I know that Stephen Usher's on there, and he's got uh, he's got one of these new uh, models, not one of the twenty nine ninety nine ones, but one of the ones from the Kickstarter, and he says that his is currently in the process of being painted, apparently. So, by all accounts, they are going through; they are being done. So, it's only what three three years three years late, uh, according to Stephen. They were waiting for a good painter. <laughs> and we all know a good to find a good decorator, a good painter and decorator can always take about three years. So maybe that's not as uh, unbelievable as we first thought. Well, um, we've all seen Colin's attempts. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> I think that was a bit of a low blow, that one, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so 
talking about the the Kickstarter rewards and and having to pay I know twenty nine ninety nine for something that obviously the Kickstarter reward back is paid a lot more. Obviously, they're different models, but. Looking at some of the other news that's come out this week, and we're just jumping around a little bit here, but some of the other news that came out this week was the announcement that they are looking for information or they're looking for feedback from the community about the idea of actually getting the opportunity for naming NPCs, uh, renaming some planets, and even having some named surface markers uh, in the next iteration uh, these surface markers can maybe commemorate a special person, thing, or event. Um, it's something that people have been asking for for a long time, according to Frontier, uh, and they're now considering offering these sort of items uh, in the Frontier store. Uh, and again, these also can include things like star system naming, uh, creation of a new surface starport, and they're basically asking the community, engaging the people's uh, interest in this particular topic. Now, before I weigh in with my thoughts... Um, let's go around. Ben, is this something you think is a good idea, another sort of a revenue stream going into the game? I've got no issues with them doing it, per se, but it's not something I'm particularly interested in. Uh, there has to be a vetting procedure, and there has to be a better vetting procedure than we've seen for for commander's names, like Commander Bigger Stickers and things like that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grant, uh, now, actually, no, I'm not going to go to Grant. I'm going to go to Colin. Colin, what's your thoughts? Oh, well, in this case, yeah, I would like to, to have a, uh, a couple of markers in there or pay for a, a station name or a, or a planet. Um, although I must admit, I did post up on a link about the No Man's Sky problem. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Which was uh, effectively, if anybody's seen uh, the uh, the Weebles take on No Man's Sky, it's effectively because they have so many so many objects that are player named that basically you'll have quite a lot of rude uh, juvenile twelve year olds uh, names just spewed all over the galaxy map, and and with Ben, I do feel that the the vetting has to be quite good on this one. I mean, it's bad enough we've got Winnard Hall. God knows what else will be out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just out of interest, let's say um, for a, a solar system and a planet, what would be uh, your price point on that, Colin? Oh, well, today I wouldn't want to, to name a, a solar system. I'd, maybe a planet, maybe a city. You know what? You, you, I don't know, five. A fiver. A fiver for a whole planet. Okay. Talking like a They have Scott. plenty of planets out there to sell, haven't they? Well, that's an it's interesting not exactly point. as if they've got a short, shortage of them. Now you say this. Now, Ben, what's your price point? I actually think it should be the other, go the other way. If you're going to do it, it should be something that should be rare and should be unique. So I'm actually thinking something like 100 quid or something like that. £100. £100 for a planet or £100 for a solar system? £100 for a planet... Okay. Now, the reason I've left Grant to last is, if memory serves, Grant, did you or did you not actually end up paying for one of the higher tiers in the Kickstarter? Did you not get a solar system and a planet? Uh, I didn't get a solar system because they were they were you know way out of the price. I was looking at things like a, a quite fancy to having a sort of named planet. Uh, I do have a planet. I do have a station, and that was one of the higher tiers. But it was more. Um, 
the fact I was trying to get a ticket to the launch party that was more of the key point, <laughs> which of course was a bit of a false economy because they then ended up selling them at 50 quid that wasn't quite as exclusive as it was led to believe at the beginning, <laughs> nor anywhere near as difficult to get tickets because I ended up with five. Um, but it was an awesome event and it was just one of those things where, you know, you, things change and you have to take it as being genuine at the time. And I think Ben's probably right. About £100 is not too bad for a planet name. For a system, it should be a little bit more. Um, if you judge by the current um, tiers going for the planet coaster, where you can get your own pers person in-game as a staff member uh, for £100, and you can get a group in, it's just a random group of people will then be sort of named after your group, so uh, that's £50. So in that kind of price model, I reckon a planet surface sort of city or town or something along those lines, 50 quid would be good, you know? Uh, then for a planet, 100 and then for a system, 150 would be probably still a little bit lower than it would have been in the Kickstarter but I think that's kind of a, a. I would be tempted by that again to okay. try and you know to get my own system or something. But um, I think it's again it is dangerous. Although the procedural generated cock rings that you've got everywhere, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that uh, too much vetting is required. <laughs> Apart from you know obviously my new fuzzer is a twat system. <laughs> I visit it all the time, Grant. <laughs> uh, okay, but you wouldn't have any hard feelings, obviously, having uh, like the uh, like the launch party. You had shelled out all that money, thinking it was going to be something quite unique, and then a couple of years down the line, something comes out for a lot less money. You're not feeling, you know, you're not begrudging of that. Well, it, it's ridiculous to to keep it. I mean, and okay, is maybe some people would feel a bit aggrieved as long as the price point is reasonable because now we kind of see what it means and it's it's nice to see your names and and why should we be the only people that get away or with that you know it be it's a nice thing to be able to do it's a great way to support the game and i think it would be crazy not to do it at all and to allow it and as i say as long as that price level is around about you know for the 50 100 and 150 you'll probably find that people who bought it in the past will come back in and they've had time to play the game they've had ideas they've been members of groups you know so you know you can get a lot of player groups that can go and they can actually buy their own system and and give it a name that's meaningful to them so i think it's time i think it's yeah it's gonna have to be pleased and the price point's got to be reasonable. So, you know, maybe have small things, like maybe you can name a bit of space dust something okay, for, ben? for those people on budgets. Just wondering, I mean, we know that we were talking about putting things to families and so on, or to, for deceased, mem deceased, fam deceased family members and things like that. I'm wondering what about... Should some of that money maybe go to charity or something like that? So that, yeah, sure, you may be giving £100, but out of that £100, £50 is going to a charity. Yeah, and this is one of the things that, I mean, it's a bit of a thread nor, but I did have a bit of a wade through um, this topic on the forums, and that is certainly one of the pieces that came up, is that it would be quite nice if, say, you know, a certain percentage went to Frontier, a certain percentage went to a charity, Um especially for the memorial side of things i don't think that's a bad idea even if it went to, to special effects if it went to the yeah if it went to the yeah, yeah the the standard charity for for frontier i think that would be a really nice way of doing it another idea that came up quite a bit in the on the forums is you know rather than letting people that have 
yeah, lots and lots and lots of money sort of flood the the galaxy, then maybe um, have have some sort of auction where you sort of pay the same amounts and your hat your your hat your hat goes in the ring. No, yeah, your hat goes in the ring or your name goes in the hat, um, and basically people are chosen. You get ten planets or ten systems, and if your name comes out of the hat, then you obviously you pay the right for uh, uh, for that particular naming. I thought that was quite a good idea as well, because um, they have said it each iteration. Because these can these can only be added into the game at every sort of big expansion. So, like two point one with engineers, you'll get a whole host of new planets and new namings going into the particular game at that at that point. So it has to be, yeah, it has to be limited um, per per update. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't know how much time it actually spends, uh, how much time it takes for these guys to to create these in-game assets. Uh, but maybe we don't want, <laughs> unless they're going to hire on extra people, which again we'll come on to later, but unless they're going to hire on an extra person for just sort of building in-game assets for money, which, I mean, if it's a if it's a lucrative revenue stream, then why not? Then, yeah, as long as it's not going to take people away from sort of developing the main game, I can't see it being that bad an idea. Um, okay, anything more to add on that particular topic before we move on? No, I will just say at this point that uh, Zach has followed that up um, and said that... <laughs> Uh, allow me to clarify, everyone is very conscious about making sure that the naming of things are done in a way that does not ruin existing names. And what I mean to say is that we want your feedback here to make sure that we consider everything. So even though it might seem obvious, let us know your thoughts on what you would like or what you wouldn't like as part of this process. Um, so again, you know, it's, it's nice that they're sort of including the community on this before they make any decisions. So if you haven't commented on that forum said and you have got something to say, then make sure you get across there and leave your feedback. Okay, Grant, where are we sitting on the um, on the convoy, sir? Right, well, we have a number of commanders. I've just winged up with a hot Sporin, uh, Vlinketh, and Jerusalem Man. So we're in our wing, and we are ready to sort of head off. Our first location, that if you are playing along, if you're on the Xbox, the first location we are planning to head to from Chalker Landing, make sure you've got crystals, <laughs> is G... Space 59-7. It is 11.1 light years from Chalker Landing. And everybody is kind of flying around here. I think uh, Thane is still being loaded. I'll just give a wee quick check to see um, and make sure he's ready to jump. Uh, Uh, Do you know what? I'm I'm giving up on loading because my collectors all failed. And then when I tried to collect up manually, all the cargo did is bounce off my hull. (laughs) <laughs> for some reason, I can't. For some reason, I can't actually pick up cargo. I don't know why. Are you in? Are you it in a typhoon? No, I'm in an. I'm in an asp. Oh, okay, I'm not sure about asps for loading. But I'm getting all the cargo dead center, and it's just bouncing off and not going in. So, giving up. Could I will travel a- with my 28 tons. <laughs> it could be an instancing issue. I'll just check. Yeah, and see. possibly. Uh, if everyone is ready to go, I've been having the same issue as well, Grant. Okay, so, so probably... it's, not, it's not just Jarvis. Right, well, if everyone is ready then, uh, we're heading to G59-7. And if we can make sure that you are not in reverse, that's a special message going out there to Commander Flossie. Make sure you are not in reverse. She had terrible problems in the last one when we all jumped out and she couldn't jump. So, full throttle, make sure you're not mass locked. And when you're ready, we can commence jumping. I'm just looking to see if the scanner of everyone is moving. Everyone looks to be good. Right, commencing jump in five, four, three, two, and one. 
So frame shifts are charging. It's something nice when you look at it and you see that map and you see all those contacts shooting out. It's so impressive. It must have been amazing on that uh, the Deep World Expedition or Distant World Expedition when they had 101 people in an instance. That must have looked spectacular. Excellent, right, we are just about to arrive and then I can give you the next location or the next destination that we are going to head to. Uh, right, we quick honk. Our next uh, destination is a system called Sharu Sector FW-W space C1-19 and I've just crashed into the star. <laughs> you are joking. It happens. The Cobra's too fast. It really is such a wee fast ship. Have, it's so much Have joy. you ever heard of switching the throttle to zero in hyperspace? Yeah, as for, you know, <laughs> sensible people. Uh, so the next, I'll just repeat that to the next section uh, is... Wow, lots of people here. Sharu Sector... Well, I don't know, because I'm now no longer in that instance. Sharu <laughs> Sector FW-C1... Dash 19. Now, this might be a push for some people because this is 13 light years. Um, if it is a push, just we'll stick around there and I think we'll do another section and then we'll do the next jump. So, do you want to do three jumps and then carry on, Fuzz? Yeah, absolutely. Remind me where we're going to next. Se- Sharu Sector, S H A R R U Sector F W W and the space C1 19. Right, okay, Okay, ready to go. Okay, excellent. All right, on my mark, we are going to throttle up now that my frameshift drive is back online, and we're going to make the jump in three, two, one, engage. Warning, I'm being interdicted. Engage. Leave them behind, everyone. Run, run, (laughs) save yourselves. (laughs) <laughs> Leave the weak at the back of the herd. <laughs> it keeps those animals busy and we can get away. <laughs> <laughs> so just remind me, the whole um, big um, exploration uh, mission that's just been going on, uh, how did they manage to get so many people in one instance? I thought there was a limit to how many people you could have in an instance. It's the lack of in-game assets when you're out there and you've got a planet and ships so it's one of those things where it's just a case of uh, they were there alone and the game just worked really, really well for them. So uh, rather than having to take, keep track of all the NPCs, it doesn't have to do that. So it gave all those assets, then go to the commander, you know, so the P, the, um, what you call it, peer-to-peer, worked better out there. So it allowed them to have bigger and bigger instances of players just because there was less in-game assets for to being tracked so it does suggest that you know as technology improves and as internet speeds get better we might see the instancing and Elite Dangerous improve over the next 10 years which would be epic No that would be absolutely great and I dare say if we wanted to have uh, massive uh, fleet battles then uh, again maybe we have to pick a, a place far out in space to hold them Yep. Our next destination is uh, unfortunately named if you, uh, unfortunate name for a system if your name is Ash next system is Ash Tart um, <laughs> it's 8.13 light years away so that's Ash Tart <laughs> so if you want to target Ash Tart um, it looks like we've lost Hot Sporin Hot Sporin is still back he's not even left the first system uh, uh, dear Hot Sporin uh, just a little message for you 
Are you familiar with the concept of a convoy? <laughs> Leave together. <clears throat> you see, maybe that poor guy's got a flat battery. And they all jumped in on me. Yeah, so maybe that guy's got a flat battery and he's been screaming at us to sort of stop and go back and help him and give him a jump start or give him a push, and we've just left him in the void. Well, if you want to catch up with us, we're heading to Ashtart next, and I think we'll stop there for a bit while we do another section of the show, and then we'll carry on and do another three jumps, and then in four sections we should be there. (laughs) Cool, okay. So we'll just do this last jump then, which is to Ashtar. So if everybody is ready, lined up, and facing poor Hotsporn, I've got a feeling he's just going to go to leave and leave us all behind in his wake, tell the pirates where we are. Our next jump is to Ashtar, so if you want to throttle up and get ready to jump, and we'll make this jump in three, two, one, engage. Shall we all run to view at the, at the nav? Oh, no, there's no nav point, is there? I don't know what's in um, Ashtar, in fact. I think I've got, what, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 commanders on my scanner. That's and a beautiful That's straight pretty good line. Going. It's not bad going at all. Do you want all run rendezvous at the <laughs> commander baddie, daddy baddie, naughty person? <laughs> Excuse me? Yes, there's a lot of implication about the fact we've just jumped into a tart. <laughs> <laughs> right, so if you just fill, uh, hang around in Ash Tart, <laughs> scoot from the star if you need some fuel, this is a good point for refueling. Our next destination, our next jump, will be to, he said, where is it? It's on my map. It is to, where the heck? LHS space 2541 so that's LHS 2541 is our next jump oh, we'll do the next section yeah. sorry can I just ask how, <laughs> can I just ask how many jumps this run is because I've been doing this run without a fuel scoop because I've been doing it pretty direct <laughs> 14 uh, jumps but I, I don't 14. have a fuel scoop oh, so I'm either going to need to stop somewhere local uh, or I'm going to need a fuel wrap you should be okay because it's the same distance and in fact it should be more economical than your large jumps in theory go on take the risk you know you want to I'm sure it'll be fine right where are we going (laughs) our next destination is LHS 2541 and uh, we will be jumping after our next section so we'll go and do some live radioing now okay so I take it we've covered the, the the new paint jobs for the couriers and the Type 6s? Nope, not yet. Nope. Okay, well, let's cover those off. To. Yeah, because I think they're absolutely... Well, actually, no, let's let's put this in perspective. So the Imperial Courier ones, uh, I think, are very, very nice. Uh, the Type 6, <laughs> I think, are absolutely ugly. Absolutely <laughs> fugly. Um, they look like hockey jerseys for crying out loud. I mean, they haven't exactly spent a lot of time. Well, maybe somebody has spent a lot of time designing these, but they don't look like they've been given much love. They've just been giving a few, a few strands of, uh, of paint, horizontal lines of paint. And that's it. Give it that, uh, call it done. Um, and I love the type six. I, I think it's a really cool ship to fly around in, especially when you're just starting out with trading, but I would not be seen dead painting it. Any of these particular colors. What about you guys? It looks like a cue ball. 
Yes, exactly, as if you were playing pool. Yeah, uh, I don't have much time for the T6. It was one of these ships that I, I had to just basically deal with while grinding up towards an ASP, uh, and I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, so I'm just quite happy to, to let that one by, to be honest. It's kind okay, of like his sport socks. Exactly like sports socks. Oh, yes. no, that's unfair to no, sports socks. No, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I know you are a complete tart when it comes to the Imperial line, Colin. So the Imperial Courier, I know you fly one. Would you paint it in any of those particular styles? Um, looking, well, actually, I've only had this Imperial Courier for, for four days, and I've already lost one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I do like the look of the the Imperial Courier, uh, but to tell you the truth, I still prefer it in its proper Imperial white. Um, right, just, you're a traditionalist. Uh, I don't know. It just looks cooler. I, I, it, uh, I th- I th- how how are they putting this in? Because it's like trying to modify perfection. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the black Courier is pretty wicked as well. Yeah. Not to be racist or anything. Uh. I suppose they're being interdicted. Is he suddenly, you know, his attention <laughs> gone elsewhere? Ooh, shiny thing! Uh, well. think... So much for this brand new, um... Oh, ow! No, oh, the broadband... Was... <laughs> the broadband is absolutely fine. It's the mute button that I can't seem to operate particularly uh, well. Hit it with uh, the wrench, Fozzer. <laughs> um, okay, so looking at the uh, the dev updates, have you guys covered off the dev updates with the consequences and rewards? Not nope. yet. Okay. Yeah, you're well, only gone for a couple of minutes while you got a drink. And yeah, you didn't <laughs> manage to cover off all the newsletter. How how appalling is that? So it's called uh, filling time. <laughs> So the dev update, the consequences and the rewards. So there's going to be some improvements to the background simulation communication. So uh, they state, with minor factions, uh, states were intending to make their effects more noticeable on available missions. So ship traffic and compositions and markets. At the moment, these can be quite subtle. So beefing them up with added drama to make the star system. If that was what was written, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Does anybody else manage to um, decode exactly what that means? Yeah. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to tell you though. <laughs> <laughs> Just to tease it out a bit more. I think you know. To be honest, a point in uh, in, in reference to this is the current last week. Uh, we noticed that the Hutton truckers were getting hammered, and we were losing ten percent influence a day in our core systems. So, no real indicator or ability to sort of pinpoint it down and no particular commanders in about the game that we could see so it could be a private group attack or whatever um, so all we can do is you look and then try and look at the different uh, news that you get on, in the station where you can check the bounties issued so we could see that the crime rate had gone through the roof so the way to combat that is of course to go bounty hunting and to overlap that amount and what ended up happening is we ended up going into expansion so we managed to see off this attack but that's very subtle if you're not Looking is very hard to know what's going on or how to tackle it. So it's 
it would be welcome to get more of a kind of warning. You know, even if you get a news story telling you warning, there's a system under attack, or there's been a, a sharp increase in trading in this system, or sharp increase in bounty hunting in this system. It gives you that kind of head up. And if the missions are then tailor made to combat it or to help increase it, so the more that you take that system into anarchy, the more anarchy the missions become in the bulletin board in order to help you to keep that going so it kind of swings with you. That would be quite interesting. And then the current faction that's running the system, their missions swing more against and become more and more extreme. That would be really quite exciting. That would make it a lot more interesting. As I say, I find the background sim game infinitely more interesting than power play. And I think it's almost what power play should be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the power play one, I think, just needs a bit of love. And it'll be, I think it'll be one of these things that they revisit and they repolish. And um, when we get some to uh, some big faction warfare going on in later later expansions, I think the, the power play stuff will all, will all sort of come into its own because, yeah, obviously all the mechanics are there. They just need to be given some sort of uh, some point to them, as it were. Um, so, wider range of rewards other than just credits coming from uh, from these missions. So, treasure locations, various different materials, some hard to find commodities or salvage items, uh, and some some particular rewards may be mission only and could tie into story events. Now, did he go into any more detail with that? What that story event could be and what some of these rewards could be um, could result. Did he echoes like? <laughs> oh, am I not surprised? So rewards will be more appropriate to the risk, and rewards will also increase the more a faction likes you. Ooh, and the most important thing out of all of this was the fact that the cockpit is going to get a clock. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because obviously the amount of time we spend in this game... Uh, it's very easy to lose track of time. And that's probably one of the things I like about the game. If I had a clock on the dashboard telling me that it was 2 o'clock in the morning, I probably wouldn't do that extra uh, smuggling run. Yeah, completely agree with that. The game (laughs) could could screw with you and just slowly move it back. (laughs) Are you on about time dilation, which they said they're not going to have in this game? (laughs) Yeah. I'm moving faster than the speed of light. That means the clock goes backwards. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of the things that came out of the David Braben interview last week was the thing that he liked about Frontier was the uh, the ability to speed up time. So maybe you can do that in a, in a very subtle way with the uh, with the cockpit clock, just to, just to make him happy. Um, something else that makes us very happy is the, the trailer competition has come to an end. Uh, the winner has announced for the trailer competition, and it was Commander Not Only Here. Uh, I know you guys, there was a bit of a chat going on through the week about which one you preferred. I think Jarvis actually preferred the one that came in second uh, in this competition. What about you guys? Do you like the uh, the overall winner? I, I did. I thought it was very atmospheric and, and very well put together. Um, and the amount of coordination that, that um, uh, not only here and, and every commander that was involved in that uh, was was really good. Especially, I especially like the coordinated uh, spaceship launch, which you can tell that everybody uh, told their ships to depart to orbit when they were in their SRVs. And I thought that was fantastically well done. Yeah, the, the the Orca, 
I always chuckle at. There was a lovely uh, orca doing the um, doing the video as well, and I still think that ship is it's a lovely ship, but what a pointless ship! Uh, but nice that it gets to to shine in that particular trailer, though. It's a very fast ship, though. Really? For its size, it's quite fast. I, I doubt if you'll be able to keep up with it in an ASP. Hmm. I did not appreciate it was actually that fast. Hmm. So it doesn't look that fast. It does. It looks sleek. It just doesn't turn very fast. <laughs> so as long as you're going in a straight line, it's uh, it's one of the fastest ships in the galaxy. That does seem to be the way with the Imperial vessels, doesn't it? <laughs> Okay, well, what we'll do is we will um, we'll go to a quick advert break. When we come back, we'll do a quick uh, few jumps with the convoy, and then we'll move on to the main topic of this week's um, show, which is going to be the furor surrounding Frontier Development's delay of 2.1. Choose life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers. Choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance. Choose fixed interest, loan repayments. Choose a space station. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth and choose rotting away at the end of it all pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space until some f***er comes along to steal your ship your cargo and your clothes leaving your bones floating out in space choose your future choose life but why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion head? I'll do it. Okay, so the main topic for this week's show is going to be the news about the the recent uh, stock exchange news that we've got and the delay surrounding Frontiers Development's uh, push-out of 2.1 engineers. Uh, Before we do that, guys, do we want to just get the convoy moving again? Absolutely, good call. We are heading next jump to LHS 2541. So if you want to engage your engines, get your engines started. Um, Drivers, start your engines! Um, And jump in three, two, one, engage. Oleg. Cool, so this is the first time I'm doing this whole sort of jumping in a wing thing, and it's quite odd getting dragged through into into, uh, into Super Cruise. Have you tried the brave way of if you wing lock or nav lock a player and then just sit next to them and then as they pull away you keep up and then let your systems do it automatically? I think that's what's just happened actually. You've got to be in range of them when they jump and then you're you're basically you'll follow them in, which is is awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what's just happened. I've just been following uh, Commander Aid Levice. 
um, straight into the next system. But unfortunately, I think he sent us the wrong way because from what I can see on the scanner, we're the only three people in this system, Ben. So I'm not That's sure you've been following. That's not following... system fuzzle. We're in a. We got pulled into a local into a local instance where I got attacked, and you just kind of swanned around, flying and looking at things. It's very pretty. It's very pretty where we are. That, that's my fault. I got bored and started looking at USSs. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I dropped onto a USS, you guys came with me. So, that's life. Our next location is LP675-19. That's LP675-19. And we'll do that jump in just a few seconds. I'm getting a message from OMG Crafter Crafterer, who is apparently very, very, very far away. Not that I can tell. Is there an easy way to tell how far someone is? No. no Look it up in the so. galaxy map, maybe. No. Okay, I can now count the, the squares: two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-two, and counting me, twenty-three people in this instance. That's quite impressive. There's something really special when you see that amount of hollow squares. Oh, thanks for joining in, everyone, actually, by the way. Right, let's accelerate towards LP675-19. And uh, if you're ready and you're safe from the star and ready to engage your frame shifts, we will do that. And, well, I'm just going to get a question there. LP675-19 is where we are going. <clears throat> and jumping in three. And oh crap, that's the wrong button. And I'm just trying <laughs> to. reverses it. into a star again. Three. Two. Why is that doing that? One. And jump. We should probably actually have a, a quick update in terms of where we're currently sitting with this community goal as well. So last time I checked it, we were at. Um, uh, Tier 2, heading towards Tier 3. We are now past Tier 3. Excellent. And on our way to Tier 4, which is really great work. Thank you to everybody. I know there's been a bit of a... Well, there's been so many community goals to do at the moment, so we really appreciate the efforts of people to get involved in the Live Radio t- uh, community goal. It means, it means so much to Fozzo. It does. Um, <laughs> I was helping load up a Imperial Cutter last night. I think it was Commander Massey was trying to get 600 tons of crystals and he was saying to me, you know, really grateful for you helping me uh, load up my ship. And I think, well, considering that you're carrying crystals to help repair the antenna that I broke in game, I think it's actually me that should be thanking you. Um, but yes, nice bit of role playing. So, our next, yeah, our next jump location is a stinker. It is call 285 sector LT-V B17 Dash two, that's C O L two eight five sector L T dash V space B one seven dash two. Probably easy just to look for B one seven dash two on the nav plotter, and it's nine point eight seven light years. So when I get a message that says Elias Thane, uh, warning Elias Thane has been interdicted, am I okay to just ignore that? Well, unless he's on the call, yes. Right, okay. Uh, it is a python, so I could do with a little bit of help. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing but pea shooters on here. Give me a second, Jarvis. I'll try and find you and come and help. 
Yeah, the, the funny thing about that is, yeah, I could come and die in front of you if that helped. <laughs> I've got no weapons and no shields. <laughs> if it made you feel better. <laughs> right, I've selected your your uh, your wake. I'm going in and give you a hand. Stephen Usher's just asking for confirmation. B seventeen dash two. Yeah, number two. That's correct. So we're ready to make this final jump, and then we'll pass back to you, Fozin. You can. Uh, what are we doing next? Oh, we're doing the main topic. Yeah. All right, we're going to make this jump in. I'm just going to put a message in three. Here's Fozzy. Full Flossy has joined us. Welcome to the convoy, Fozzy. And jump. So we're now making this way to the call 285 sector LT-V B17-2. Uh, well, you guys might be, but my wing seem to be shooting up some pirates. Well, that's right. We'll wait for you here. You've got time to catch up. Ah, look at that. The ship explodes just as I take out my pea shooters. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, so the, I've, I've got no reason to come in then. I know. He's gone. Yeah, oh. thank you, Colin, but we've dealt with him. Oh, fair enough, then. Well, and thank you, Baddy Daddy, as well. We have... Uh, the next destination is LTT4772, and we'll do that at the next break of the show. Excellent. Are we actually going to get to leave before the end of the show? Well, we should do. We should do. I mean, we've got eight jumps left, so we could do four jumps and after the main topic and then do four jumps at the end and we'll be there. Or, in fact, Ben's going to take over because I'm going to have to nip out, so if I'm not back in time, Ben's going to take us a slightly different route. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take my route, not Grant's route. I don't have that big of a jump range. No, that's okay. No, I, no. Tried, I had to deliberately um, set my ship up so that it would be about 13 light years max, which uh, is not easy in a Cobra. Uh, but I shall be back later on. And uh, yeah, hopefully, good luck and safe travels to the convoy. I'll be back and hopefully I'll be back just in time to take us in the next four. Excellent stuff. Okay, well, let's jump into the main topic of this week's show. And it's the one that's been causing a little bit of furor around the forums. There's been some wonderful, wild speculation uh, around the news that Elite Dangerous uh, 2.1 Engineers is being delayed by about six weeks. And we found this out, um, we found this out actually from a report that was made on the, uh, the Stock Exchange. Um, and it's just read it here. It says, as previously announced, Elite Dangerous Horizons was initially released in early access in December 2015. Coming out of early access was originally expected to take place during April 2016, coinciding with the planned launch of E of Elite Dangerous Horizons next expansion, The Engineers. However, this, along with associated revenue, will now play take place in the first half of the next financial year. Therefore, second half revenues will be substantially below prior expectations. And David Braben has commented on this saying, over a number of years, Frontier has established an outstanding track record for meeting demanding release schedules and exceptional quality thresholds. So this delay is disappointing. However, it is absolutely critical for the longer term success of Elite Franchise that we maintain our absolute commitment to quality. Despite this temporary setback, the board and I remain very excited both by the potential of the Elite Franchise and the progress that Frontier is making as it transitions to a self-publishing house. So, Colin, what's your thoughts on this? Is it purely about making sure the quality's right? Is there some sort of uh, fancy 
financial tax dealings going on here, or is it a little bit of both? What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, um, the, the one thing that got me was Horizons will now leave early access. I was under the impression that it wasn't in some kind of early access. I thought it was a, a proper expansion. Uh, apart from that, well, it, to me, it seems a bit like a bit of both. We do know that the the quality, or people have had the the quality of Horizons, has been called into question. Um, you know, the lack of content and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that they they know that at this point, the next release that they've got to push out is got to be uh, that something that raises the bar, mm-hmm. uh, and. They've, they've also got to take on a lot of the feedback the community has sent back. There is also the other accounting advantage of moving all this uh, revenue back into the next quarter, which will, of course, mean that the tax for one year will be lower, and it will also spread the revenue across uh, both years. So there's a bit of both to be, to, to be taken into consideration. Okay, so the question, let's take about the question about quality first. I mean, this whole idea that the, the quality needs to be sort of increased, the quality needs to be pushed up. I mean, is that to suggest that the quality at the moment is poor? And do we think this is about yeah, maybe bugs in the game or do we think it's a lack of content or just the simple fact that, you know, if they pushed out in its current format or its current guise, it would get a bad reaction from the, the player base. Ben, what do you think? I think we can all agree that some of the missions that were introduced to F2 are, for want of a better word, less than stellar. So that definitely needs to be improved. But we know that they're doing that, and that's the whole point. That's one of the major points, anyway, of 2.1. Apart from that, I'm not convinced that there's that many bad pieces of quality in there. I mean, it's fairly solid, I thought. You thought that Horizons was fairly solid. Yeah, I think Horizons has been fairly solid. I can't really complain. What about in terms of, uh, obviously the question comes up in terms of just sheer content. So the mechanics are there. The fact that you can you know, fly down from space straight down onto a planet, interact with all these new bases and stuff. As a mechanic, it works, but it's just a little bit on the, sort of the shallow side. Do you think the Frontier have taken that on board and they want to make sure that the next release actually feels like a full-on expansion and does something dramatic to the... Yeah, to the uh, to the galaxy. Not that landing on planets isn't dramatic. It's just the question of you know, once you get down there, is there really enough for the the players to get their teeth into? I'd say there's enough, but it's only a first start. First start. But then we knew that all the way from the beginning. You know, it's always been Horizons is a season of content. We're going to be getting more and more things added in. If you wanted a full final product, buy it in December. Yeah, okay, but <clears throat> it, yeah, it does seem a little bit like that we have all the ex- these expansions, but they don't do that much to impact on the actual game as a whole. So take uh, CQC. Yes, it was good. Yes, it honed your skills, but are people playing CQC you know, for, for months after it was released? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, again, landing on planets, people have been doing it. People take some lovely photos. Are they really sort of getting engaged with the whole um, crafting idea? From what I've seen, not really. Um, and then obviously you've got the power play. Again, the mechanics are there, but is it you know, is it making a massive difference to the way that people play the game? From what I've heard, again, probably not. So do you think it could just be that they they need to... You know, bring something different to the table this time. Do something that is actually going to feel like a big 
uh, gear change uh, in the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. Well, well I'd think- ask Colin that, because Colin's been doing a whole load of stuff on planet, haven't you, Colin? Well, I have been doing uh, missions on the planets. Uh, I've been discovering nice little points of interest, mostly stuff like mining fields and uh, uh, wreckage and, and things like that. Um, I do think they do need to um, expand that content. The pointers, I mean, David Braben said that one of the failures that they consider is that there is content in there, except they haven't been that good at actually pointing to where it is. Yeah. For instance, the uh, the barnacles were only discovered after some seriously heavy hints were dropped. Uh, and it, it, it was great when, and the excitement in the community when that actually happened was, was palpable. Now, if there are other things out there uh, that have been hidden, the clues have been so subtle that um, uh, a lot of people have missed them. <laughs> uh, I think half the time clues... Uh, have to be as subtle as a brick for some people in this community, myself included. But, um, yeah, I do think that the next one that comes along has to be something that will make people think, oh, Horizons is worth it. Yeah, okay. Because the, the impression is that at the moment, they all think it's sort of, okay, landing on planets, good. What else is there to do? Okay, so it's all more about sort of signposting. I think you're you're doing... <laughs> I think you might be doing either Frontier uh, too much credit or the or the player best a bit of a disservice when you say that the, the clues are so subtle. I mean, if you take the original uh, alien stuff that went on with space with all the the, the beacons and stuff, you know, it wasn't that they were subtle. It wasn't as if people weren't trying to decode the uh, the messages for, uh, for the alien beacons in space. You know, there's a lot of people working on that. Canon worked on that for a long, long time before they actually had a breakthrough. Um, I mean, that was a signpost. I mean, that was a signpost that was so bloody difficult to read that people got so bored with it that most of them left before I think um, before Frontier actually had to really drop a very very unsubtle hint in order to how to how to crack it so yeah with this one I do think it needs to be something a little bit more signposted a little bit more um, <clears throat> to, to lead the player a little bit by the hand and get them engaged with the you know with what's going on with the whole background simulation and the uh, the various factions <clears throat> well one, one of the things that I'm um, a little concerned about is the fact that they're not going to um, tell you where the engineers are. You've got to actually find them. And my concern on that one is um, if it's going to be like a barnacle hunt, it'll, t- it'll probably take ages for these these guys to uh, to be discovered. They'll be, they'll be absolutely swamped when they are discovered, but, you know. <laughs> Agreed. Well, Jarvis, since we're having a break in our convoy, you can chip in on this. And what's your thoughts yeah, I was just going to just chip in on that point about the, um, the, 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 the alien encounters and the, the barnacles and stuff. I mean, I think the, the, one of the significant things is the difference between signposting stuff that kind of a small number of users will really get behind and really explore. I mean, it's a little bit like when, um, Uplink came out and there were all these hidden things to discover, kind of encrypted files on the disks and all that sort of stuff. And actually a small proportion of the community did get together and work it out. But that's not something for the majority of players to find. And I think when they're talking about, you know, when we talk about content needing signposting we're talking about signposting for stuff that 90 percent of the player base want to get involved in i mean i maintain i still don't other than if you've picked it up for a mission i still don't understand the benefit of assaulting ground bases i mean it's a laugh 
but I, I still don't understand why you do it and I don't understand what impact it has on the game um, I've just about figured out what you do when you scan those beacons at outposts but again it's just I don't think it's I don't think it's obvious and I think when you are using things like the map and you're looking at planets and you're looking at outposts on planets and it says things like well there's no commodity market here or there's no landing pads here you sort of end up thinking I, I don't understand why you're in the game I found a thing the other day it was really interesting there was because I, I was flying around and I saw something on the ground that looked really interesting so I parked up by it and there were all these sentries hovering around there were all these turrets surrounding it and there was a field of what looked like MB4 mining machines I don't know. I don't understand why it's there. I don't. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I couldn't find any way of interacting with it oh. other than to look at it and think, "Oh, that's really interesting." They're mining. Ah, and but now you what? See, ah, you see. Now, if you actually attack those mining machines, they explode. And inside those mining machines are very rare uh, minerals that you can use for your synthesis. <laughs> Now, you see, when you know? I've, yeah, when, see, when I've previously said with the whole barnacles thing that people just instinctively shoot at barnacles because the gun is the only tool that this game has given you to interact with the environment, people disagreed with me. They said, no, that's not true. Some people aren't shooting. So you're just telling me that there's something I encountered in-game. I had yep. no idea what it was for. But yep. if I just opened up my cannons on it, I'd have discovered something. Yes. <laughs> well there you go really <laughs> i'll say it again when the only tool you have is a hammer every problem starts to look like a nail <laughs> oh dear do, do you uh, do you remember where that uh, that mining field is jarvis can you go back and have a conversation with them with your laser gun yeah no i don't remember uh, to be honest i was looking for something else i'd taken a mission to find um something scattered on the surface so i was actually looking for a crash site with cargo on it uh, which I'm not sure I ever found before the timer ran out. Um, because, again, I didn't understand how the, the points of interest work, and I actually had to go onto Google and search for some instructions, because I thought you had to hover about the the two kilometre from the ground mark to spot points of interest. And actually, it's much easier to spot them from much higher up than two kilometres, you know, yeah. more like four or five once you then start heading into them, you need to keep around the two kilometre mark in order to kind of keep them on scope. But I, that's not something I understood. Um, so again, more information that you had to search for outside the game in order to understand. And those things aren't just aren't in here. I mean, if you look at a game, other really complicated games, say for the sake of argument, like the Final Fantasy series, Final Fantasy series has really, in the early days, really complicated um, signposts about what kinds of creatures drop what kinds of, you know, special and rare items. But when you talk to NPCs in the world, they give you hints about what kind of creatures you have to kill to get items. So that information is there in game. I mean, the standard thing in uh, RPGs is talk to every NPC because that's where the information is. And I think that... Elite needs something like that. It needs the the ability to kind of talk to... I mean, all these commanders who appear and send you, like, direct messages like, I've got something really useful to tell you. Why don't you drop down and talk to me? Wouldn't it be great if they said to you, hey, there's this mining field that you can find on this planet. Um, why don't you go and shoot it up and see what, you know, minerals they have? That's exactly the sort of thing they could do in-game. And then someone might hear that and think 
I'm going to go and look on planets for any unattended mining uh, areas. And, you know, that's, that's the sort of thing you could do. I mean, that's a slightly inelegant way of doing it, but I'm just saying those are the kinds of tools other games have employed in order to avoid this problem. Well, you say it's inelegant, but at the moment it's, uh, it's, a base, it's a better solution than having no solution, which is what we've currently got in-game. Well, yeah, there, there is that. Uh, but anyway, in the words of Clarks, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Cheers, Jarvis. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the other side of this, uh, the flip side of this coin about um, the delay to, uh, to 2.1 and this stock exchange news. And some people have been casting doubts and saying, well, maybe this is an indication that actually uh, frontier developments are, you know, are losing money. The game's not as successful as they thought it was going to be. Um, and you know, frontier developments are basically you know, really struggling. Uh, ben, what's your thoughts on that idea? I think that's complete and utter tosh, to be honest. If frontier development was struggling, they wouldn't be hiring people left, right, and centre. They wouldn't be asking the unfortunate developers of Lionhead Studios saying, come work for us, we're hiring! Yeah, absolutely, and we saw that on uh, on Twitter today. Actually, that uh, I think the message has gone out around Frontier that uh, you know get the message out to the Lionhead guys that uh, if they're if they're looking for a job, then uh, Frontier Developments are definitely having a, a very big recruitment drive, and it would be fantastic for Elite Dangerous if we could get some of the talent from uh, from the Lionhead Studios uh, over to uh, to work on the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. It would be uh, fantastic. But yeah, I think that is probably a, a fair assumption that normally if you are come if you're a company that is struggling financially it's not normally the time where you start looking at taking on extra headcount so yeah that is probably a, a good indication as any that things are still looking rosy um colin would you agree with that yes i agree with that um at the moment uh, i mean that's we saw the sales figures as 1.5 million copies sold of um standard elite dangerous uh and if just going by rough estimates on on the steam counter, it looks like the pickups are about forty percent of horizons. So I mean that is not a small amount of loose change. No. And then on top of that, you have um, all the add-ons that people are buying, uh, all the skins, uh, the the bobbleheads. <laughs> I hate to think how many David Braben bobbleheads got sold as a special edition. But um, I, I think that the revenue from Elite Dangerous is 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 keeping the company buoyant. Uh, and as everyone has pointed out, a company in trouble would not be hiring that many people. In fact, it wouldn't be hiring at all. We, we would see a Lion Gate type situation. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. Well, obviously, um, we'll keep our eyes pinned on this particular story and see how it progresses over the next week or so. Uh, obviously, we've uh, we've heard news that we're going into a bit of a, a dev blackout with uh, with Michael Brooks is stopping the dev diaries because we're uh, getting closer to the launch of uh, Engineers. Uh, six weeks away now, so it's all going to be sort of handled in the newsletters with peak of the weeks and things like that. So interesting times ahead. It's a little shame that we have to wait a little bit longer than we anticipated for them. Okay, Ben, let's get the wheels of this wagon rolling again. Where are we off to next? Okay. Oh, Psycho Car is back. That's probably a lot easier because my jump range is about 30-odd light years. So I'd be having to... About that, I... I'd have to be doing everything manually. So if you're back and you can cut things down to 10 light years or so, then that's a lot easier. Yep, we are going to yeah. go to LTT4772. We should all be queued up, except for Hotsporn, who seems to be going to HR4758. Where are you going, Hotsporn? 
Go home, you're drunk. We are heading to LTT 4772 and we're jumping in. Three, two, one. Go for it. Jump. I'm waiting for you here. All right, you already uh, prematurely jumped, did you? Yeah, that's me. Shot my bolt already. <laughs> uh, Commander so, uh, Hotsporn is saying, ram it, you cheeky git. <laughs> Oops, I'm not even pointing at this stage, the system we're going to. Uh, everyone else has now left me behind. Are you trying to fly backwards to the station? <laughs> I think so. It's just one of those drifts. Hello, Mr. Daddy Baddy, you have arrived in system. Fantastic, it's all good. Oh, getting a little hot. little toasted. Oh my goodness! It's look how many bodies good. are in this system. It's it's all quite clustered. It's like the um, the rack in the snooker table. Just while we do these uh, these few jumps, let's uh, throw it open to the the Twitch chat room. Uh, what topics that we haven't covered would you like us to to cover off in the last uh, few minutes of the show as we keep on doing this? Because uh, at the moment we've got nothing in community news and no shout outs to deal with. So. Well, we, we, we could have a little sort of shout out for um, some fallen a fallen commander who was at Lavecon last yeah. year, um, which yeah. was actually a, a bit of a shock for me. Was because I'd all day I'd been noticing the news feed with pictures of him, and he said, "I thought, well, one of his friends must have passed away." And then slowly but surely, it crept into my brain, and I began to put two and two together, and thought, "Oh no, no!" And that was for what camera his commander name was now. Um, but Neil Davidson, you know, if you were at LaveCon last year, we were playing Werewolf in the evening and slowly but surely our group grew and we started to take over his table. And so we invited him to play. And I remember it vividly because he has a, an eye patch and he was quite shy at that point. And we invited him to the game and the very first round of Werewolf, he said something and I instantly called him a liar. <laughs> Jumped on him, but we had such a good night. So it is a tragic loss. And I know his brother has found all the wonderful thoughts and posts on Facebook actually quite therapeutic for him and, and, and really kind of made them made it a little bit better a little bit easier to, to know that he was so well thought of and so yeah that was Commander Neil Davidson I can't remember what his commander name was but he was a big elite player and um, Commander Sinclair according Commander to Sinclair, the uh, Twitch that's, chat that's right thanks guys they're awesome um, so yeah he will be missed at this year's LaveCon and um, it's sad you know I think <laughs> your parents when, they, when you're younger always talk about the fact you get to an age and then all your friends start to disappear and I'm just kind of hoping I've not reached that because this year's been a stinker for me. Everyone's just dropping dead. I know, but when you've got the, a community the size of the uh, Elite Dangerous community, I mean, we've suddenly got a, a whole load more friends. You know, so the the law of averages goes up, unfortunately. That some it of them does. Are, you know, and it is you know, it's, it's, awesome. it's tragic, and it, and it does sort of stick with it. There's been quite a few deaths in the community, which is always sad. But the nice thing is how well people pull together and, and kind of you know support the family and put in those wonderful well wishes that they they should see and the other thing that you might want to talk about because i know that the people are always accusing us of being um, a bit wishy-washy with the whole pvp group versus thing but it might uh. deserve its own full show to go through that but <laughs> <laughs> our next destination is hualarna that's h-u-a-l-a-r-n-a so if you want to set your set your targets to that who are Larna 
and that is our next jump. It's a strange one. That I've never been to Hualarna actually. Oh, getting too close to the sun. Oh dear. <laughs> You should be pointing away from the sun at the next station. I am just desperately grabbing some fuel. Okay, so if everybody is ready, we'll make this jump. Jarvis, what is it about you getting interdicted? I'm not again. He's just got the sexiest ships. <laughs> Sorry, I lost him. I Did could see him coming. He, yeah, I could see him coming because he was... He was sending me messages in the text thing and I thought oh god another NPC if we don't jump soon he's going to get him away <laughs> you got any I just think it's a good thing that the code you. hasn't joined us no, yeah, yeah. See, that's the joy of having so many community goals going on at the same time code, code are obviously busy elsewhere oh they're enjoying the other one because it's got palladium so that's, <laughs> that's always a nice one to sort of rob people of because it's uh, far easier to sell You've got no restrictions in that. The, you know, rares are great, but only if you're the right distance away. Yeah, you see, that's one possible reason. I personally prefer to think of it the fact that you know, the code appreciate the, the, the quality entertainment that Lave Radio puts out and sees no benefit whatsoever in you know, taking down our radio antenna. Just you wait. They'll be waiting for us at Lave in droves. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. We're still a few jumps off, aren't we, Grant? Yeah, it does look like I've left everyone behind. I'm just looking at my wing going, Where, why? Velenketh? Velenketh? Come on, hurry up. Hot Sparn is currently looking at Algorab. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on with Hot Sparn. He's, he's clearly <laughs> inhaling his fumes from his engine. Well, Jeremy, who's in here with uh, Commander Thane, Fosler and I, has run all the way off to Leasty already. All right, so he's well ahead. Where next jump is to where? Where next? Our next jump is to Baroni, B-E-R-O-N-I-I, or it could be Baron 2. I don't know what it could be. It's 12.8 light years from where we currently are, which is, of course, is this Hualarna. Is this the Danger Mouse system? C. C. No, right. We're gonna jump oh, in three we are guys. Really showing our age now. Yeah. Oh no, they brought it back, haven't they? Yeah. yeah it and wasn't it, great. Oh. It, yeah. Oh. Shush. Just shush. It, yeah. Shush. Penfold. Jump. Three, two, one. Jump. Three, two, one. Jump. Jump. Jump to Baroni. Whilst we're all jumping, there's a couple of people in the chat channel have suggested we uh, talk about the peak of the week with the uh, the engineers and the the character creation tool. Uh, obviously, this is a guy standing in front of his fertilant. <coughs> you guys uh, had a chance oh, to check out me. this picture because looking at it in high detail, one of the things I have just noticed is that he seems to have some sort of um, uh, augmented circuitry thing going on in his eye. Maybe he zooms in close in his eye. 
Press now, Fox, this is what I saw on one of the mon. That image is what I saw on one of the monitors when we went to visit Frontier. And you commented later that you'd seen uh, an engineer that looked exactly like your first girlfriend. So I'm curious: is this dude? Is is this what your first girlfriend looked like? No, what I was saying to David Braben was the character creation tool looks really uh, ridiculously uh, realistic to the point where actually on one of the screens there was a female character who looked exactly like my first girlfriend. Uh, this man obviously was not it. So uh, yes, I didn't see this guy actually on the on the computer screens. But did you see the uh, the bizarre thing with his eye uh, when you were at Frontier, or have you seen it since? No, no. To be honest, I was looking at the uh, outfits more than anything. Yeah, my uh, my Lavecon costume does not look like that at all. Uh, interesting though, it does look like he's got some sort of. Um, <laughs> he almost looks like he could be a docker because that looks like a the sort of suit that would help you lift some heavy crates. It looks like an augmented strength suit if you look at it. Awesome. Yeah, interesting. I've not. I've. I've uh, I think I've seen them. The, 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 your girlfriend was bald. <laughs> Can we just go back to this? No, my girlfriend was female and not this guy. <laughs> she could have been bald. I mean, I was when you said that you'd seen like someone that looked exactly like your first girlfriend. I was assuming that your first girlfriend was like Vija from Star Trek: The Motion Picture, <laughs> who actually I did have a I did have a thing for uh, for a well, bald woman. She was very very. <laughs> so when you say first girlfriend, are you stretching the definition of? Did she know that she was in this relationship? With you? Oh, Foz, you didn't get a girlfriend and a mannequin mixed up, did you? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to stop now. How about we move on to another topic? Another topic that doesn't make me feel like such an idiot. So I was just going to add to that. And if it was the monkey series that you're talking about, that was actually a boy. Well, it was. It was. Yeah, it was just a bit. Yeah. Okay. Next jump is to a rescue, uh, which is O R E S Q U, and uh, it's eight point four light years. And if you guys are ready and queued up, a rescue. We are going to do that jump. And we're going to do that jump now in three, two, one, go! We did have a clarification in Twitch chat, actually, that it's probably Baroni Eye. It's probably no. those double eyes. Oh, no, let's look, it's, got to, it's got to stay as Baroni. Eh, um. <laughs> hey, Baroni. Eh, hey, Baroni. Baroni. That's what it's Baroni 2, the sequel. I just want to ask you guys, I mean, did you notice in that picture of the engineer, he's got a tattoo, which could be an interesting bit of customization for our characters to have. Microtransactions! But also, it looks to me like that hangar's in a cave. Well, yeah, look all, at- the, all the engineers are on, on the surface of the planets. There aren't any in stations or anything like that. They're all, they're all like um, Curlex. They're all hidden away, and no one knows where they. Are. Well, the players won't know where they are. There'll be hints. I'm assuming there's going to be hints via Galnet and and things like that. But well, we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, I love the idea. I mean, it's it looks a lot more rougher and readier than the the current planetary bases we're seeing, though. Yes, I think it's just adding that sense of, you know, once they start adding these graphics and these people, uh, that does add that element of life to the universe, you know, that, that we don't currently have because you don't see people in game. And, you know, maybe that's a disconnect that makes it feel a bit empty. Maybe if we had pictures and faces, it would kind of 
suck you in a little bit more. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> An extra six weeks. Our next destination is Crucis Sector ER-V B2- and it could be a zero or it could be a D. I'm not entirely sure. Is that 8.45 light years? 8.45, yeah. Is that a zero or an a D? It's a zero. Pretty sure it's a zero looking at the uh, naming conventions of the other systems. B2-0. So Crucius Sector ER-V B2-0. And if, <clears throat> if you're ready, we'll jump in. Three, two, and one. Engage frame shifts. Hot Sporin is currently at Lee Z. <laughs> Or Lazy, I'm not quite sure how that's pronounced. Uh, Nexus Reject is asking where I am. Uh, currently heading to Crucius Sector ER-V B2-0. Oh, and it's unknown. So everyone get your Discovery Channels out. Discovery Channels? Discovery Channels, <laughs> yes. You like those grass skirts and hanging nipples, don't you? You know, I got no idea how to even respond to that. <laughs> the response to that is yes. Yes, I do. Oh, our next our next destination is Ark A R Q U E, and that is going to take us within two jumps of Lave. So we are very close. Uh, I don't know, Foz, if you want to head to Lave and then start the next section because we are three jumps from it just now. Yeah, we can do. We can finish it off at Lave. Okay, no worries. And uh, next, we are heading to Ark A R Q U E. Um, and it's 10.3 light years. So if everyone wants to line up with that, get your engines up to full and we'll jump in three, two, one, jump. Oh, hot spawns back with us. And uh, Ben has just put out the flossy check, which is always important. <laughs> Flossy's already one system ahead of you. She's in my wing and we're making sure she's fine. <laughs> That's good. I've heard uh, we have a, an update on Rex Bottoms and the rescue on uh, Thursday's Hutton Radio, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's spectacular. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but Flossie is just amazing. <laughs> okay, wow, this is a funky system as well with a ton of connections and ton of bodies. Our, our next destination from here is somewhere I have been. It's a laughing place. Hehe-ing. Oh, heheng. H-E-H-E-N-G. Which is 10.8 light years from this system. Which is nice. Has anyone else spotted the little bug where... Uh, let me see if I can get it up on the uh, screen. I uh, can't see it anymore. Um, for some reason, when you're in a wing, um, when you go to jump, when the, when the third person in your wing jumps, instead of the little symbol, you get a little text thing that says, brackets, wing icon three. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll watch for that this time round. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can see it later. So this is... Where are we? Oh, this is Ark. Yes, we're, arc. we're in RQ and we're heading to Heheng. 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 And we're going to. Heheng. Three, two, one. Starion is struggling. He is struggling in an instance on his own. Hotspawn frameshift activated. Wingcon three. Yep. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like they've misspelled the uh, variable. Wing icon three. It's a capital I. What'd you bet that that needs to be a lowercase i? 
<laughs> It'll be as simple as that. That's that's what always causes these things. So we're now going to be arriving in Hing, and our next destination is one that we should all recognise, of course. Next destination is Lave. 8.45 light years. If everyone aims for Lave. Next stop, Lave. Oh no, I've just typed in Lav. <laughs> you need the toilet break. <laughs> So Starion is just sending messages. There's, I think there's, there's always going to be some instancing issues, and it's a lot of it to do with the P2P architecture and local firewalls, internet connections, and all these kind of peculiarities and routers. Hotspot is saying, bags me the first to the lav. <laughs> As right, does Stephen Usher. <laughs> Jerusalem man's just advising that cubicle three may be best to avoid. Right, if you're ready to jump to three, you... Leave, just to leave. Uh, we're going to jump in three, two, one, and engage. And then we'll meet you at the station, everyone. Meet you at the station. <laughs> Did Chris get interdicted? <laughs> no. Um, I was just falling into the star because I was on a second monitor. I didn't realise that I was falling into the star and my controls were not actually responding. So I've got a frame shift malfunction. I've got a cargo scoot malfunction. <laughs> I've got thruster malfunctions. Um, I'm just not lost. sure I'm going to be able. To, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get there. <laughs> Fuzz it down. <laughs> Could anybody give me some tow ropes? <laughs> I need a tow through Super Cruise. Well, you know what? At least everyone managed to make it without any fuel rats being called live on air this time. <laughs> uh, Fuzzer's not here yet. No, I'm in. I'm in. I'm cruising. I'm away. Nope, I'm being interdicted by a Wevel Rod Crocs, which is a bizarre name. Oh, hold on! I throttled back, and it said interdiction evaded. Nice one. Oh, they just got bored. <laughs> Uh, they oh, went into the sun. You know, he saw obviously my top, my my pirate saw um, hot sporin instead. <laughs> oh, loop of shame, loop of shame. Hot sporin has um, dropped out. Let's go and see if I can give him a hand. Although uh, technically, all I'm going to do is drop out and die in front of him. <laughs> but whilst you do that, Grant, and whilst the rest of us head down towards Lave Station to get docked up, maybe it's a good idea to uh, just go over quickly uh, the, the current happenings with uh, Elite Meat. How are all the rooms? Is there still space for people to come along if they want to? It's a great question because we actually have one twin room left for the Friday and the Saturday night, and that's it. If we don't get that booked or taken up in the next couple of days, then we're probably going to cancel that room down and leave it then you can contact the hotel if you want to, to have a query just because you know if we can avoid uh, having to uh, pay for these things then that's always better more money goes into the budget for food and that's more important I've been interdicted by Commander Jeremy curse you 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 pesky pirate you hang on Commander Jeremy's J-E-R-E-M-I-E yes, yes he's in our wing Ben he's in our wing <laughs> I did see that pop up. I thought he's playing. He's playing some ropes here. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, Trojan horse. Yeah, uh, he's he's being oh anti-Scottish now. He's just typed in only jocking. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So yes, the, the the rooms are do. And I was just today, in fact, um, testing the Artemis setup, uh, and and it is 
absolutely awesome. I've not got any sort of things. What we're using is these little touchscreen um, laptops, and they are absolutely great fun. They work really, really well, so it does mean the Artemis is going to be quite interesting. Right, can I just point out that the first person here was Commander Flossy? Hey! Well done, Flossy! I have a kitten who's decided that as I'm approaching Lave is the best time to walk across my keyboard. Huh. No, don't, so, don't, don't do that, you know, my cargo. <laughs> Get off. So what are these uh, these touchscreen laptops that you've got? And ha- have you got one for each particular station? Yes. Have you also got some lights, some smoke effects? How's it all going? Well, I mean, we've not had any experience of using the DMX as yet um, with the lights, although uh, I believe that Commander Stroud will be bringing a controller that will allow us to do to, to do so, so we'll play with it and have a go with it at, on the event, but not at the expense of giving people. Oh no, Jeremy's going to shoot me! Right, let's see how my beam lasers handle him. Um, but it's one of these things we don't know how long it will take to set that side up. Lights we've got as well. Smoke machine as usual in hotels. Nah, no go. They don't like that. <laughs> the fire brigade get a bit annoyed with them. Um, so we will have an Artemis setup. They are wonderful little Asus T100s, uh, which are the transformable... It's basically a, a, what do you call it, a tablet with yeah. a, a keyboard dock on it, uh, but it runs Artemis really, really well. <laughs> so my little, uh, my little sort of excursion into the sun has got a repair bill of 70,000 credits, which is a bit <laughs> steep on an asp. So I'm docked up at Lave. I'm just about to, to dump my thing. Let's have a quick look and see how the uh, how the community goal is going. So we are, yeah, we're just past tier three. We have got uh, 1,313 people have contributed to this particular community goal. And we have got 102,377 tons of crystals collected. So... That's fantastic. Thank you very much to everybody that's got involved. Now, all you've got to do now is go through the one reason that people can come and get involved, because you can grab 20 tonnes in a Cobra, do it in six jumps, and do it once. What would be the reward for dropping 20 tonnes? That would be the bottom tier. Uh, it could be two seconds for us to sell my crystals, and I'll jump back in and tell you. Well, it would be... You know, be 300,000 credits, which Sorry. is more than a Cobra would cost. So there you go. So even just coming and dropping 20 tons will net you an additional 300,000 credits, which is, which is awesome. Not to be sniffed at. Where's my docking pad? <laughs> That's uh, giving me a sense of deja vu and a flashback to the, early, uh, to the early alphas. Where's my docking pad gone? As it vanished, as the number vanished from, uh, from sight. Cool, well... What else would people like to, to cover off before we close down the show? I take it everybody has docked safely? The convoy has come to a close? Well, I was 100% when I attempted to dock. I'm now at 46. 40. <laughs> that was a bit of a rough landing. <laughs> and make sure before you sell your stock, before you sell Hot Sporin, join and sign up to the community goal on the bulletin board before you do anything. And Flossie's just said actually that uh, she's just sold her first 20 crystals and she's actually got into the top 75, which gives you a reward of 400,000 credits. Which is fantastic, so it's even better. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, it's worth coming out and just doing a quick run, even if you know. There's one of these things with community goals is sometimes they can be extremely enticing, and even just getting involved at the last minute can net you millions of credits if you're lucky. But you know, these are the kind of goals that. You just got to be lucky. Uh, the slave one was a cracker for making a very quick buck. Uh, before when we had to take them to control or to central in um, Akinar, that was amazing. You did a couple of runs in that, and you were in for twenty-five million credits. It was spectacular. But for small community goals like this one, where it's small quantity rares, and with a twenty-minute drive, you find that you know even just. Dipping your one run in can be quite a lucrative way, as long as it's going to succeed. And now that we're close to sort of what we're now on our way to tier four, and we've got three days to go, the likelihood is we will cross tier four quite easily, meaning that you know your reward will potentially go up by another two hundred odd thousand credits. So definitely worth doing it. And the top ten commanders are currently looking to receive four million, and if we hit tier four, that could be five. And who knows? Who knows? And the main result is we get, we're going to get our broadcast transmitter on diesel. It's going to happen. And that's awesome. So obviously, as soon as that uh, that goes, do we know when that's going again? Does that happen as soon as the community goal is achieved? Can we go down and get our selfies taken in front of that? Or do we have to wait until the next iteration 2.1 for that to go into game? I would reckon 2.1. I would also hmm. like to sort of speculate and suggest that the higher the tiers that we get this up, so if we get it to tier 8, it'll be 10 times taller than it currently is. <laughs> so I reckon if we get to tier 8, it will be viewable from leave <laughs> I yeah. want to know will Frontier be paying a late payment a late delivery clause on our transmitter with the delay of six weeks <laughs> I don't think so somehow it's a nice idea but no I don't think so <laughs> my goodness I just got a trade dividend of 790,000 Who's in my wing that's got a huge cargo hold? Well, who's in your wing? Yeah. Just to name them. Uh, I know who's going to be. It's going to be Vlekent. Because he's in a... I think he was in a python. Oh, I chose the wrong wing to, to suit up with. Ben and Jarvis are, are, are quite poor. Oh, Flossie was quite nice. You see a nice trade dividend from Flossie there, I think. Cool, and Heisenberger has delivered 158 tons, and he's in the top 25. percent So it gives you some idea of how many uh, how many tons you have to drop off. I must admit, I've dropped off 113 tons, and again, I'm in the top 25 percent as well. So it's not big numbers that we need here. Uh, 140 tons gets you into the top 10 percent, says Stephen Usher. Commander Arkenbos is here as well, and he sent his salutations. And Ventura is Commander Ventura is asking if that it's the new meeting place at no, no, just for this community goal, Ventura, just for this one week. <laughs> Next week, there's no point doing it unless you just want to continue trading in very, very low quantities but big profits. 
Well, actually, no. I mean, next week, uh, I mean, Chris is probably going to lead this, but um, obviously now as a minor faction, if people do want to rock up on a Tuesday night to, to play along with us as we do the show live, then what we'll be doing is we'll be directing people towards some of the uh, some of the minor faction missions to get the Lave Radio Network up a little bit higher. Obviously, unfortunately, we hadn't quite realised when we were talking about the community goal. By doing this particular community goal, it actually hampers our minor faction influence uh, because the the money goes towards uh, the current benefactors of Lave Station, which ain't us. Um, so by selling all these uh, crystals to Lave Station, we actually lose influence in the system. But as of uh, as of next week, uh, we will be back on it. We will be doing some uh, some missions in game as we do the show. So if you want to come and join us in Lave and play along and get involved in some of those missions, then uh, then you of course are more than welcome two ways to tackle that actually because our percentage is 8% and none of the other factions are particularly near that running missions will help increase our percentage in its own right and uh, that will help us get further away from them and also at that point you can start doing just random crimes interdict whoever the heck you like try and leave lay radio network commanders free to carry on their business but you want to take out people and pirate the arse out the system because it will undermine workers of lay liberals and their percentage will then drop. And what we're looking to try and do at that point is drop them to a similar level to us to trigger a civil war, at which point we could take Lave Station from them. So that's the key. That is the key. So we want to get ourselves up a little bit by running missions. And you can, you know, if you sell exploration data at Lave, then you will undermine our abilities. You'll be helping the main faction. So you don't want to sell any exploration data at the station. You do want to sell as much as you can at the station. You do want to smuggle into the station as well because that again will undermine the main faction. And these things in conjunctions, we want to try and get our percentage up farther away from these ones at the bottom, which is easy because they're 1%. And we want to get their influence down. And when we get to that point where they meet or they're close, will trigger a civil war and then it's a case of fighting and doing some PvP and some PvE and uh, yeah winning the war and taking our station and then we'll be victorious and then we can let someone else take it back off us right. <laughs> great. I better jump in oh go on go on Chris well I was just going to say because people have asked us about with our minor faction what our kind of affiliation is you know Lave Radio Network is an independent faction um, because you know, the way we see it is that the people who listen to this show and the people who come and gather outside Lave Station on a Tuesday night, they're all people that have their own affiliations to, you know, Empire, Federation, Alliance, uh, whatever. Um, and I think, you know, people have been sort of saying, oh, right, so if Lave Radio Network does take control of the system, uh, Lave will flip from Alliance to become an independent system. And I say, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, that'd be great. I think from our point of view, it would be great if uh, Lave was independent because so many different people do come and listen to the show and hang out in Lave. This isn't an anti-Alliance thing by any stretch, uh, I personally love the Alliance and think it's absolutely great. Um, but I just, it would be really nice to have an independent lave. As long as the, as long as the, uh, you know, former dictator doesn't come back. Well, that'd be that's the thing. Would, would Alan have anything to say about that? I'm sure Alan would have know. a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> when does Alan not have a lot to say about the, uh, the goings on in the lave system? Yeah, quite right too. Um, okay. Well, unless you've got anything else more to add, I'm going to close off this particular I episode. I do, as I said. 
Yep. Right, uh, Grant, you know how you've been interdicted by Commander Jeremy? Yes. He's wanting to apologise to you. He is apparently mercilessly interdicting you on the way into Lave Station, and he wants to apologise to you for it. <laughs> no apology is required. It's just a bit of fun. At least they didn't blow me out of the sky. At least, you know, the last time we did a community goal, I got all the way to my Orca, and like Fozza, my cargo scoop failed, so I couldn't land because it was an outpost and I was in an Orca. So I couldn't drop cargo because my <laughs> scoop had failed and my cargo hatch had failed. And some helpful commander decided that he would um, nudge me and see if he could shake the cargo free, at which point we both blew up. So this time at least I'm still alive, so that's quite good. <laughs> um, and Commander Mad Cow wanted a shout out um, I, I don't know who this cow imposter is no, uh, <laughs> Mad as opposed to Psycho relation. so it's just a distant family yeah, relation yeah. to you absolutely yeah I think it's my uncle the, do- <laughs> the one with the dodgy tash <laughs> cool okay well that's it for another episode of Lave Radio if you'd like to get in touch with the show then you can email info at laveradio.com facebook forward slash Lave Radio at Lave Radio on twitter and you can join the discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio or you can join our TeamSpeak server at laveradio.teamspeak3.com and of course we record the show live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 uh, UK time and stream it out on laveradio.com forward slash live and on twitch.tv forward slash live radio thank you very much to grant to colin to jarvis and to ben for joining us and especially to all those commanders that have joined us on the convoy this evening until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous Two seconds, I'll be right back.